In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This was the first sign that Jesus did in the sight of his apostles, says St. John in today's Gospel. The first sign that Christ gives us as a proof of his divinity that he is God in his public ministry is to change water into wine at a marriage feast. If we consider how we might have planned the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, it might not have been in this way. We might have decided to you know, start with the Sermon on the Mount, a, a, a plan, a manifesto. We might have started with the raising of Lazarus, something dramatic. But no, our Lord chooses a marriage as the scene of the beginning of his public ministry and the first sign that he is the Christ. I want to look at four points in today's gospel. Mary says to Jesus, they have no wine. This was a disaster for a Jewish wedding, but there's much more going on here. Mary wasn't just taking care of the catering. The prophet Isaiah tells us, no more wine do they drink with singing. All joy has reached its eventide. The prophet here describes the effect of sin on the world, symbolized by the lack of wine, the lack of joy and gladness. The people of Israel had been unfaithful to God. They'd fallen away from following his law, and so their joy had ended. The wine of joy had run dry. In our lives too, sin can bring a certain sadness, an all-pervading sadness that we can't seem to shake off. Sin, of course, is insatiable. It will never fulfill us. Its temporary enjoyment will never last. Mary's words are, as it were, a prophecy of the state of the people of God as our Lord found them as he began his public ministry. They have no wine. Their joy had ended. But in the next chapter, the prophet Isaiah looks forward to the day when God will provide on his holy mountain a feast of fine wine. Notice what the steward says at the end of the gospel. You have saved the best wine until now. God had prepared the people of Israel for the fullness of his revelation with the Ten Commandments, with the prophets. But he preserves the best wine until the coming of Christ. The wine that Jesus provides is the best they could ever have tasted. A true feast of fine wine, the fulfillment of this prophecy. The day that the prophet Isaiah was talking about when the Lord will provide a feast of fine wine is the day the Messiah, the Christ, appears. So when the Gospel shows us a superabundance of fine wine, a superabundance, those jars were huge, it's a sign the one who has provided it is the Christ, God's anointed one. And this superabundance of wine is a sign of the abundance of grace which the Lord pours out on souls 
from his sacred heart upon the cross. The grace of the redemption, this superabundant grace, is a sharing in God's life beyond a measure we could ever imagine. And the result of this is what the hymn of the Breviary on a Monday says is a, a sober inebriation of the Spirit. This inebriation of profound joy that God's grace creates in our souls. So how does then the Lord transform the water of sadness into the wine of spiritual joy? Our Lady gives us the answer. We should always follow her guidance. She knows the heart of her son so well, and she says a very simple word to those who worked the wedding feast. Do whatever he tells you. Obedience to the will of God is the opening in our lives for the transforming grace of Christ, a transformation that will bring us true spiritual and lasting joy. We find, of course, the will of God in the commandments, in the teaching of the Gospels and St. Paul, all explained to us by the teaching of the Church. When we hear the Church's teaching, we hear the voice of Christ. As he says, whoever hears you, hears me. And all we need to do then is follow the advice of Mary. Do whatever he tells you. If we wish our spiritual sadness to be transformed into joy by his grace, do whatever he tells you. And finally, whose job was it to provide the wine for the feast? It was a job, of course, of the bridegroom, not of the guest. Jesus presents himself here as the bridegroom of the true marriage feast, the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven. In the Old Testament, God again and again refers to himself as the bridegroom of Israel. Israel is his bride. We know St. Paul tells us in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, the church is the mystical bride of Christ. God has a compassionate, a passionate and tender love for his people, a faithful love that will not give up on them, a love that the love of a bridegroom is modelled on. The Lord loves and cherishes his church and her members. He loves her with a burning love that desires to ravish them with his grace. Have you ever thought of your spiritual life like that, a spousal relationship of love between God and your soul. He desires you. He desires your heart. So Jesus presents the beginning of his apostolate, of his public ministry, at a marriage. This is not an accident. He presents it at a marriage because it's a marriage that will end, is the end of his mission. A marriage in which he unites our souls to his, an everlasting marriage, which will come to its completion in the joy of heaven. 
in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.